0: This is an RNZ podcast.
1: Kia ora and welcome to Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm Alison
0: Balance. We are exploring the inner and outer limits of the periodic table of elements. And where does today's episode, which is 63, take us to Alan? (laughs) (laughs)
1: presiodymium of course hands up if you've heard of that (laughs) no
0: hands up in the studio Jason in the control room no he's shaking his head
1: (laughs) This is the element with the longest name of the first 92 on the periodic table.
0: It's an interesting qualification there.
1: (laughs) I know, we're struggling for interesting material (laughs) if we've got to start with that.
0: (laughs) So there's something that might be longer after 92?
1: Well there is, that's that's very perceptive of you Alison. I'm good like that. (laughs) And in fact all Kiwis will be very very happy to know that the element with the longest name on the periodic table is rutherfordium.
0: Oh, a round of applause for that. <laughs> and speaking of long things, we have just passed the two-thirds <laughs> mark in this podcast series. So the good news is that there is still one-third to go. Now, Alan, that dimium bit of that name, prasiodymium is ringing bells. I'm thinking mm-hmm. very fast here. Yeah. We didn't have an element called dimium, but we did have neodymium and could it possibly be
1: related? Uh, yes, in fact it is related, uh, as we will see in a second. But first, where did it get its name from? This, <laughs> this is a 12-letter long name. Praseodymium comes from the Greek prasios didimos and that means green twin. And um, I'll explain what that relates to in a minute. Please do. So the vital statistics, so elemental symbol PR, uh, atomic number 59, And it was discovered in 1885, and it's a lanthanoid, which makes it a metal.
0: Oh no, not another of those tortuous lanthanoids.
1: Yes, indeed, and tortuous is the word that uh, we have associated with (laughs) uh, pretty much all of the lanthanoids that we have talked about here. Yep. And so once again, uh, it does have a sort of an interesting backstory. So we go back to 1841, and a guy by the name of Mazander had announced the isolation of a new element, and he called it didymium. Try saying that uh, 10 times fast. He got that from an impure sample of cerium. And so people believed that this was, in fact, a new element for over 40 years. And, in fact, this so-called didymium earned a place on Mendeleev's original periodic table. And it's sitting there. If you look at his original table, it's sitting there, and it's got the elemental symbol DI. And so, in fact, Mendeleev was wrong on this one, unfortunately, but it wasn't his fault, I guess it was the fault of others who said that this was a real element when it wasn't. And so subsequent work, after Mendeleev had published his initial periodic table in 1869, showed that didymium was in fact a mixture of lanthanoid elements, and one of which in 1885 was shown to be praseodymium. So back to the name question, where did this sort of twin thing come from? So the twin part of the name derived from the fact that didymium, the so-called didymium, was thought to be lanthanum's twin. And uh, if you go back to the neodymium episode, uh, we did, in fact, talk about this. Neodymium meaning new twin. So, praseodymium was shown to be a new element in 1885, but, in fact, it took until 1931 to actually obtain the pure metal. If we think about it, both praseodymium and neodymium, therefore, have been put on the periodic table in the form of didymium, and then they've got removed, and then they've got put back on again.
0: <laughs> oh. Has this on-again, off-again element got any worthwhile uses?
1: Ooh, um, if I was going to be brutally honest, I'd say no, not really a lot of uses for praseodymium. And in fact, uh, the most well-known use is in welders' and glassblowers' goggles. And uh, this allows protection against both visible and specifically yellow light and also infrared radiation. So in this glass that is used in these goggles, praseodymium is often used in combination with neodymium. And the resulting glass is in fact called didymium glass. And that's rather appropriate, I guess, given its history. Mm. So praseodymium can protect us against light and it can also emit or help emit light. And it is used in the carbon arc electrodes for very, very high-intensity lights, such as um, things like searchlights, for example, floodlights, studio lights, those sorts of things where you need high intensities. And like many of the lanthanoids, it's used in magnets, and specifically those used in wind turbines and hybrid cars. And it is also found in the nickel-metal hydride batteries of hybrid cars.
0: Well, that wasn't a bad list. That was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Have you managed to find any interesting facts about it?
1: Um, I would have to, again, admit not too many here. (laughs) The best I can do, I'm sorry, is that it imparts a very clean yellow colour to glazes and glasses, (laughs) and and that's it.
0: (laughs) Well, it may have the second longest name of any chemical element, but it's going to take the prize for our shortest episode. (laughs) That's it, folks. We're done.
1: But we will be back soon with another episode and another element, Prometheum. And in fact, that might be a short one as well, (laughs) folks. Oh, looking forward to that. So don't forget, if you have missed an episode or want to revisit anything, for example, neodymium, you'll find it at rnz.co.nz forward slash chemistry.
0: Don't forget, we are a podcast in all the usual places. Catch you next time. But until then, it's cheerio from me, Alison Balance.
1: And me, Alan Blackman. Matewa.
0: Botox Cosmetic, Botulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.